Hey, welcome to the episode. Before we begin, I just wanted to give you a brief heads up that we faced a few challenges while recording the audio while traveling. So unfortunately, recording these podcasts is not our day jobs, but we would very much love it to be. So if you want to be a part of that change, please consider stepping to our Patreon. And we do apologize for any lack of audio quality. And we will be back to where you know our standard to be. Uh, no comment <laughs> next week. Thanks, guys. Hello, Internet friends, and welcome back to another episode of Glass Gallus, the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you wonderful factoids from our adventures in Wiki Wonderland. I'm Drew, and I almost exclusively browse dating apps while pooping. With me is... Uh, I'm Lindsay, and uh, you all are horrifying me in the Discord. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Sarah, and I just got 500 live worms for my birthday. Oh my... Oh my god, I'm so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Okay, I I really have to consciously focus away from that one. Okay. This is the show that we are paying attention to and focused on and we jump down internet rabbit holes every week. We start on the same page. This week we started on cryptocurrency and from that webpage on Wikipedia, we navigated around in procrastination mode, clicking on different hyperlinks until we found something completely different. If we find ourselves reading two or more paragraphs, we are metrically interested and we are beholden to share all of our new knowledge with you. Mm-hmm. That's right. I don't normally say the page first. So like I said, we started on cryptocurrency. Where hey. did everybody... Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I didn't go very far. Um, I ended up on gray markets. Gray markets? Yes, gray markets. I want to have... I want to have so many wrong guesses. Oh, is this, are they, are they more tame than black markets? Well, you're just about to find out, won't you? You're going to have to wait. Oh, I'm so keen. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I landed on a person again. I'm on a roll with just interesting people. I landed on an individual named Ben K. Ben K. K. Oh, okay. Are they a modern day individual? No. Oh, nice. Hmm. I also landed on an a non-modern individual named Henry II of France. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. So, I like this. So, okay. Sarah gave me a little bit of a spoiler and she was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about some people that are like related to things that you have talked about, Lindsay. And then she said something about French history. And like, I was listening, but I was also like, why am I so interested in French history? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm super keen on this. I I think you'll really like it. Well, we got we we'll figure out an order, but first we gotta do question of the week. Yes. Yeah. So this week's question of the week we thought of on the fly because we are big brained geniuses, <clears throat> and it's all thanks to Drew. This one is: What is not a sport but should be a sport? And Drew, I'm gonna. Pop you on the spot. Pop me on the spot. Okay. Um, hmm. 
what should be a spoiler? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think of an answer to my own question. question. Wow. Oh, my God. Dating apps. Maybe dating apps should be a sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't know. Probably something... You know what would be really great? Competitive napping or something. Like, <gasps> who can who can fall asleep the quickest and who can, like, stay asleep and has the highest quality sleep? Just, mm. like, you know, competitive napping. I want to see we that. measure that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'd, I'd go pro <laughs> in that. You have your little, like, your Fitbit, Fitbit or whatever, and you put that on and it'll just be like, oh, you were, you were restless, like, ten times. And it's like, oh, that's penalty. Oh. Penalty. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> Yellow card. <laughs> Yellow card for being restless. Oh my god. Right, I love good, that. That's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lindsay? I just invented this game staring out my window here. I think that there should be um, a smell memory sport because Ooh. I never remember the things or the tones that I smell. So I, it would be like you have like a row of like 10 mystery things that you have to smell and then you have to recite what you smelled in what order. And I think that like competitive <laughs> smelling would be really, it'd be really hard. <laughs> that is so specific. How did you invent that staring out your window? I thought you were going to say like, I don't know, like, dog spotting or cat spotting or something that you could do out a window <laughs> no no i am um, there's a lot of like very vibrant flowers out my window so um, it's like i want to go smell them and then i was like what if i made that intense <laughs> <laughs> you made it competitive oh my god what if i ruined it what about you sarah i love that um mine is not going to be a surprise to anybody in the world but it would be patting dogs like, who can pat the dog yeah. the longest? Who can make the dogs, you know, when they're, they're loving a pat and their leg goes, they start, yeah. you know, twitching their leg. Yeah, who can get the dog to roll on their belly? Because I would win, obviously. <laughs> um, I've patted a lot of dogs. The great thing about that sport is that inherently the judges are the dogs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I don't, I've never known a dog to be dishonest. So I think that's the most honest sport anyone could have come up with. Thank you. Wow. I'm going to license it. <laughs> I just imagine like this great, this great like theme song, like da, 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 da. Dog petting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what order, what order should we go in today? We've got, should we do a little got... human sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Person sandwich sounds good. Person sandwich. I like person sandwich. But now which person? Who goes first, though? Yeah, who goes first, though? Okay, maybe we could go um, oldest back in history. My dude is from 1519. When is when is your dude from? Or person? 1155. Oh, B, Ooh. she wins. Ooh, okay. Okay. All right. So I guess... That settles it. Then we'll be learning about Benkei first. Yes, please. All right, let's dive in. Yes. So Benkei's full name is Saito Musashibo Benkei. He is from Japan. Ooh. Oh. 
He was alive in the years 1155 to 1189. So yet again, I'm going to talk about somebody who died very young. He died when he was 34 years old. A a personal favorite of mine that we have talked about in the past is the dandy assassin, the poet assassin. Mm -hmm. He, I think, only lived to be like 32 or 33. But Benkei... Benke's job description also immediately caught my attention, like the last one. Benke was a warrior monk. Wow. Ooh. I thought that's like an oxymoron. <laughs> like, those things don't go together. Right. So <laughs> that is totally what I thought, too. But then I was like, okay, monk is a class in D&D. Like, maybe not. But it actually oh, turns cool. out that historically, Buddhist monks in monasteries were kind of like monasteries were kind of their own little military powers. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's some historical context. But Benkei, as he's referred to, um, was a warrior monk, then a mountain ascetic, who just, you know, kind of like rejected all society, lived in the mountains, and then became a rogue warrior. So he's got a super interesting life story. That's a great CV that he has there. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But what's also, so as I was reading about him, it was like, oh my God, this person's had such an interesting life. And I guess like, kind of incidentally, he's like something of like a half mythological, half legendary, half real person. Um, Probably also because this is so old, like this is over, well, about a thousand years ago. But um I just, I thought it was very captivating the way that he, like, in some aspects does not even seem like a real person. Like, I was, I was joking kind of to, to only myself, because only I think this is funny, but he's, like, almost like a Chuck Norris, sort of, like. Yes. <laughs> I, when I was a teenager, I didn't realize Chuck Norris was real. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, oh god, my Sarah, god, where have you been my whole life? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, to me, I, Chuck Norris is like an extremely, extremely Western reference. Like, you yes. know, like not really. Benkei is Benkei. Like, you know, and, and after you like hear his whole story, he's he's going to be like your own like reference. You're going to be like, no, Chuck Norris is like Benkei. <laughs> okay, I'm so keen. <laughs> <laughs> so starting with his birth people aren't really sure um how he came to be um some people think that he was born of a temple god um Ooh. others have reported that he was a monster child with long teeth <laughs> some babies are born with erupted teeth and i've heard that back in like medieval times this was taken as like a bad omen pause what is that when so you know how babies' teeth are not erupted, so they're under the gums most of the time. Some babies their teeth erupt while they're in the womb, so they come through the gums, um, and they can be born with like a full set of, or well, not a full set, but you know a couple of their baby teeth, um, which is you don't see on babies very often, if at all. And so back in the ye old days, in like British Empire times. They would see this and be like, well, shit, that is a bad omen. That is an unlucky baby. What? That is hmm. so fucking metal. They had to use the word erupted? Yeah, that's what happens <laughs> when your teeth come through. They erupt. Yeah, they erupt, yeah. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, they erupt. That's fucking <laughs> sick. <laughs> I love that. Like, 
I feel like this would be your favorite baby, though, Lindsay. If you see a baby with teeth, like a little baby with teeth, you'd be like, hell yeah, that is metal. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, that's my type of baby. (laughs) I nod at that baby. Fuck yeah, I see you, baby. (laughs) Tip your hat to the baby. (laughs) My baby. My my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Baby. Well, so I guess, yeah, I mean, because we don't really come back to the long teeth thing when we talk about his appearance in, like, you know, teenagehood or whatevs. But um, they say that when he grows up. So he has he has normal teeth, I'm guessing. Yeah, like, let's say that. Let's say normal teeth. Yeah. Um, if that's important, if if that's important to you. Anyway, as he grows up, he he becomes about two meters tall, which in um, American units is six point six feet. Oh, Big fella. Six point. Whoa, six foot six. That's huge. Yeah. Wait, I put in the meters for you. <laughs> <laughs> six foot six. Yeah. <laughs> so we do metric, but not in height. The only the only imperial thing we use is how to measure our height. <laughs> oh my god! I'm I'm like off to such a bad start just everything (laughs) the ignorance is off the charts we've gone chuck norris erupted teeth and now the way that australians measure height i'm just really not doing it okay no you're doing a great job you're doing great sweetie thank you sarah thank you that was a kardashian's (laughs) reference sounded condescending no that was a kardashian's reference we're getting back on the ben k rails okay come on ben k ben k Six, six foot six, this guy, born probably with tons of teeth. Um, he, as I said, he's, he's like this, like rogue, you can imagine him as this rogue monk samurai warrior kind of a deal. And yeah. legend has it that he carried with him seven weapons. That's a lot of weapons. Yes. And I like, I just want to have some fun with this for a minute. Imagine a samurai. What, like, kind of want to make this into a game what can you name seven weapons weapons that you think a samurai might have a sword sword ding 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 we got one yes sword hmm crossbow no i i would have thought that too but no crossbow not sure that's been invented. No crossbow a dagger something like a dagger i'll give you dagger he has has, has a sickle which a sickle. is oh, all right yeah, yeah yep Small, not really like a dagger, but small enough. Nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> what? I feel like that's a good weapon. That. It is a great weapon. <laughs> he doesn't have that one either. Is this is hard because like I feel like everything on this list, I'm like, yeah, I never would have pictured that. He also carries a broad axe, which okay, maybe you know. What is he, a D&D character? Like, yeah, right? Like, okay. Okay, so we've got, we've got sword, axe, sickle. Also a rake. Oh. Okay. Um, mm. A mallet. Jesus. A motherfucking saw. What? <laughs> and then finally, um, this thing called a glaive, which I had to look up. It's, it's basically like this like staff sort of pole yeah, staff that, spear. yeah 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 it's got like a blade on the end of it like something like mm-hmm. a mix of like a, a pole with with a blade on it okay 
So he walks around with all seven of these weapons. And this guy is just such a fucking badass, but he's got purpose. Okay. So legend has it that he was on a personal quest to take 1000 swords from unworthy and arrogant samurais. Cause samurais are kind of all about like a code of ethics, which is like also kind of an oxymoron to be like, you know, a bit of a rogue samurai. Like they're, they're very, very honorable, disciplined people. Yes. And so he's on this this quest, sort of, to collect a thousand swords from unworthy adversaries. And he's got 999 swords. And oh. he comes across... <laughs> 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 so he's ready to collect his last sword. And he comes across a young man playing the flute at Gojo Tenjin Shrine in Kyoto. And as you can imagine... Things don't really go well. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so this smaller man, his name is uh, Yoshitsune Minamoto, and he is a military commander. But, of course, like, Benkei doesn't really know that. And so this man is just, like, smaller than him, and he thinks it's going to be, like, an easy fight. Like, he's playing the fucking flute, and he's like, I got this. Like, I'm, I'm a badass samurai warrior. I've got 999 swords. <laughs> whatever so they're like okay let's fight and they go to the gojo bridge and I, i'm gonna bring up the uh, i'll bring up the gojo bridge a few times because it is a um as far as the story goes like this is the historical landmark okay yoshisune and ben k kind of fight it out on this bridge and i guess in addition to being a military commander, Yoshitsune is one of the most famous samurai in history. Like, oh, this shit. guy is a good fighter. <laughs> Benkei loses, which sucks, right? Like, 999 swords in, fucking loses. Um, and I guess he wasn't ready to give up without a fight. The English wiki article didn't really talk about, like, the emotional devastation uh, but he waits for Yoshisune again uh, at another shrine or temple and battles him again and loses. And so I guess at this point, he's kind of like, you know what, Yoshisune, like you've bested me. You're clearly like really fucking good at all of this. Um, so I'm going to serve you as a retainer. I, oh. I am going to... Uh, fight by your side i'm gonna be your best friend and like we're gonna kick ass together and they kind of just like travel around and i guess have awesome adventures and stuff and they're like these kind of outlaws and they're not really outlaws in the sense that they're really doing anything wrong but it's because at, at this time in japan's history there were a lot of different like familial clans kind of vying for power and politics okay. were a huge huge mess and i think that there was a lot of battling overthrowing overcoming each other sort of a thing and so they kind of got like jumbled up in the middle of that particularly mm -hmm. yoshisune did mm. So because of these shifting and unfavorable politics, Benkei and Yoshisune are kind of seen as these sort of outlaw badass kind of figures. I love that they just become best friends from from fighting a couple times. They're like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. And then went on their own little way. It's so sweet. It is, it is so sweet. You don't really hear about that happening so much. <laughs> Oh, so good. So 
I'm actually just going to, let's pretend they have a really great life. I'm going to jump to death. Oh. Hell yeah, we like that big jump. I mean, he only lived about 34 years, but I'll be honest, this was, like, this wiki article was such a wild ride, and the death was like, I thought we were just going to have a nice quiet ending. This is the most fucking metal part of the story. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, he does not go quietly. Of course not. Of course (laughs) not. So the setting is the castle of Koromogawa Notate, which I have never been to. I don't even think it's still standing, but it takes place in a castle. Wow. And there is chaos and clamoring and fighting going on outside the castle. Cut scene, interior, peaceful. Yoshisune is preparing to commit seppuku. They are surrounded. He knows that he's going to die. This is the only honorable way to die. And as he's getting ready, ever loyal Benkei is standing outside of the door of the castle before a bridge and over that bridge is all of their enemies ready to come towards them violence on one side peace and impending defeat on the other side the army approaches this bridge so it's basically an army on one side benkei on the other side benkei is standing there six foot six looking tall as hell scary as hell he's famous and all of the army on the other side of the bridge is like this guy has fought hundreds of way more skilled warriors than us i'm fucking terrified of this guy he's gonna kick my ass maybe even take my sword i'm scared of him we can't we can't approach him directly they decide to to shoot him with arrows and and throw projectiles at him oh no (laughs) coward (laughs) (laughs) hours of ranged attack ensues while, you know, Yoshisune is inside trying to peacefully die. And Benkei is just standing there looking like a total bad ta- badass, just taking it. Like, he's just, like, like arrows are coming in, psh, 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 and he's just standing there like, no, not a problem. Absolutely not a problem. Wow. I gotta protect my best friend. He's do- Yeah, like, he's just so made of honor. This guy is legendaric. So after hours of attacking... The army's like, surely he's dead now. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this guy is just, like, so mythological. Benkei is still standing, and the people, fucking terrified, start to, like, tiptoe over the bridge to, like, <laughs> see what's going on. <laughs> and Benkei falls over. He had been so stuck with arrows that he died standing up. <gasps> <laughs> and he had just stood there for hours. <laughs> wow. So did his friend survive in the temple? No, he committed seppuku. Oh wow, at least his friend got to go peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... <laughs> well, I thought maybe he was gonna pop his head out, be like, look, I'm I'm gonna do it, but you know, if it's okay out here, maybe I won't. Everything went according to plan. Everything, everything went smoothly. Wow, I love that they they died together. Basically, 
BFFs for life. Yes, like lit, like ride or die till the end. Like yes. absolute BFF. I want to make one of those TikTok fan cams of the two of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I wanted I wanted to leave you off with a uh, lasting impression of Ben K's legacy. So there have been tons of pop culture references to him. Like, how can you not with a, with a story like that? Yeah. Like, just so cinematic naturally. Um, but the, there's a long list of like films and plays that have been done. Um, but I don't really watch a lot of films, so they weren't very familiar to me. So I wrote down what I thought were very entertaining pop culture references to Ben K. uh, (laughs) may or may not be familiar to you, but, uh, the show, the endless show one piece. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of. There is a highwayman or monk sort of character named Yukimaru who steals weapons from unworthy adversaries. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And he and this guy, uh, Roronoa Zoro. I have never watched One Piece, but I think Roronoa is like one of the main characters. Um, they duel at the Gojo Bridge. Wow. Oh, Just okay. Like- Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And then another character in One Piece named Whitebeard of the Whitebeard Pirates uh, also dies standing up in the same way that Benke died. Wow. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, I guiltily love the Fate Stay Night series. Uh, I realize that they are basically anime about a video game. Uh, I think people have very uh, split opinions about how people feel about the Fate series. But Fate Apocrypha was supposed to have a Ben K. Lancer class uh, in it, and they did not. I closed my tab. Another one did. So Ben K. at least shows up in the sort of like Fate series. Uh, But I saved the best for last. Uh, Pokemon Black and White 2. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go on <laughs> there is an elderly tra- trainer in village bridge i haven't played this game so i don't know if that's a village but there is a village bridge and he boasts that he just had a 999 battle winning streak and you the player show up and ruin his day as the thousand. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. It's perfect. Simon is gonna love that. Shout out to Simon, everyone. Simon <laughs> loves Pokemon. <laughs> but that is that is the legendary Benkei. Warrior monk. That is incredible. Wow. I'm so glad you covered that topic. That is so cool. Oh my god, the whole thing was such a trip. I loved it. I've been looking at some of the like the art depictions of him from over the years and it's so cool. Oh yeah, I will be sure in our Discord channel. Um I made a channel called Hall of Sh- Shame because uh, we always have these very colorful characters that we talk about or we have lately. So I'm going to put a bunch of pictures of him uh and his BFF uh, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> also, of course, on our Twitter. Also, of course, on our Instagram. But you guys know that already. Yeah. yeah. And you can, on our Discord, there's yeah, a spoilers yeah. channel. I've just uploaded a spoilers picture for the dude I'm talking about today. Um, I called him a smug-looking mm. dude with the wildlife. He's kind of hot, but, you know, <laughs> he's got a smug face. 
So you guys can judge what we're talking about with zero context. Should we learn about uh, a grey market? Yes, please. Yeah. If there's no organs involved, Absolutely. I'm going to be disappointed. Well, uh, sorry. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Grey market kind of sounds like spoiled meat. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Like <laughs> it's just it's just beef. It's Ugh. just beef past <laughs> past its prime. Yeah, just expired beef. So I'm sure both of you are at least a little familiar with black markets. I'm not not saying that you've ever attended a black market <laughs> or or purchased anything from the black market. Um, because that's illegal products and we don't support illegal things. Um, yeah. But, but definitely in movies and TV shows. Well, that, yeah, movies can break the law. Yeah. That falls a little bit into the gray market area. Ooh. Um, so, oh. the, so a gray market is the little sibling of the black market um, because <laughs> the, the gray market involves the trading of commodities through channels that are not authorized by the original manufacturer. So basically, oh. the, the, the gray market is just trading goods that are outside of what the manufacturer says. Hey, like, this is good. This is a good channel. So that's, that's kind of like the, the point of a gray market. I have heard of these before. <gasps> Wait, okay. So let me ask. Craigslist. Craigslist. So selling used goods, it doesn't really... So gray market is more of new goods that you're selling um oh. used goods that's considered a green market which is another <laughs> just is another option there's so many freaking colored markets it's great <laughs> but wow. um, i feel like gray market is kind of like it fell off the back of a truck and now some dodgy man is selling it <laughs> is that is that true drew is that is, is that true drew so so true drew i like it um so gray markets are more of someone buying a crap ton of, of stuff from one company and then going to another place and selling that. So Ooh. it's it's more of, it's not really falling off of a truck and selling it. It's more of just like, oh, hey, I can buy a butt ton of this stuff for really cheap here and then I can go to another place and sell it for a, like a good profit over here. So let me go do that. So that's kind of what the, the point of a gray market is. And is that Ooh, legal? Okay, so not directly, not approved by the manufacturer. So we'll get into that a little bit. Oh, um, okay. It's, it, I'm going to guess it's a gray area. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke. Oh, <laughs> you stole no. it. Wait, okay, okay. No, Drew, I'll delete it. I'll delete it. No, okay. no, no. Okay, keep, it, keep it. Keep <laughs> it. No, you pulled it right out of my mouth. Oh. No, put it, I'm putting it back in your mouth. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I gotta pull your tongue out, make some room. Uh. <laughs> do it, do it, Drew. Do it. Do it. <clears throat> Look at me. I know. I've never, <laughs> never heard a joke. I've, I've never, never heard, heard a joke before. Yes, yeah, so the league. <laughs> can't even do it. The legality of a gray market is a little bit of a gray area. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that is genius. Wow. wow. That was very natural, too. <laughs> I'm all natural, baby. Come on. <laughs> the etymology of gray markets. Let's get to the where yes. the word came from. Um, so it comes from manufacturers of computers or technology equipment. 
And basically, these sellers would sell their products through a distributor, which requires that these distributors strictly resell these products to end users. And that's like the normal market of, that's like just a a regular market is it goes straight from manufacturer to the seller to the the end user. Um, But some of these distributors actually choose to sell these products to resellers and those resellers form what's termed the gray market. So it's those, those resellers are, they're resellers of resellers basically. Okay. So that, that it's it's a it's an interesting um, like dynamic there, um, and the legality of actually selling gray market goods depends on a number of factors. Um, these factors, which have been decided upon in both the U.S. and EU courts, include um, examinations of the physical and non-physical differences between the gray market goods and the authorized products. So if there's literally no difference between the two of them, that's kind of like a bit of a copyright infringement, and so you're able to like prosecute the person who's selling that kind of stuff because you, you don't want, you know, you, you don't want your exact product being sold. Um, oh, right. And then uh, the legality of these products often depends on this assessment. So in November 2016, the Court of Appeals in England and Wales determined that the sale of gray market goods can be met with criminal sanctions with up to 10 years in prison. So what? It's, yeah, it's, it's, wow. it is largely, it's not... I wouldn't say it's as illegal as like selling black market stuff, but it is worth mentioning that the materials in this specific case that I talked about were actually in fact counterfeit goods and infringed on trademarks. So that's why it had such a, 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 a large penalty because they were literal, literal um, counterfeits. So th- that would yeah. actually be you know, considered more of a black market good rather than a gray market good. Um, but you know, that, 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 kind of, that kind of got applied to gray markets. So like the simple fact that, you know, reselling products is that's not going to be illegal because, <laughs> you, know? you know, most traders rely on the ability to resell products. It's like, you know, you can't you can't make that completely illegal. So, um, right. you know, gray markets have a have a spot that they kind of sit in. That's a little bit, you know, they're definitely not black markets, but, you know, they're they're the gray markets. So as I said before, gray market goods are sold outside the authorized distribution channels by entities which have no relationship with the producer of the goods. Uh, This is also known as parallel import, which frequently occurs when the price of an item is significantly higher in one country than another. So basically, if you have, you know, this to me, honestly, gray markets kind of feels like the embodiment of capitalism where you're able to say like, oh, my God, this is so expensive in this one country, but not expensive in another country. I'm going to buy a butt ton in this other country where it's not expensive and then just be able to sell it for like, you know, below what they're selling it in the other country and, you know, mm. be able to make a good profit, but also, you know, not rip people off. I don't know. I feel like it's the embodiment of capitalism, but that's just me. So <laughs> but it's illegal. Exactly. That's the, you know, that's the, well, it's, it's, I would say it's, it's kind of like Robin Hood. (laughs) Well, you're not giving it away. (laughs) It's like Robin Hood with a profit. (laughs) Robin Hood with a profit. (laughs) Good. Good. Okay. I was going to ask for an example, but I, I feel like... <laughs> yeah, so this is most common in electronic in the electronics industry uh, where entrepreneurs, I'm going to put that in quotes, um, buy products <laughs> where it is available cheaply and resell it at retail uh, or even wholesale um, and import the products into a target market. 
so they can sell the products at a higher at like a, a price that is high enough to make a profit, but also below the normal price of the market. So that's that's kind of where they sit, is just like right below normal price market, but also just enough that they can make a profit. Um, and as I can said, I the, the yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, do you go? Um, okay, so I, okay, when you're sometimes like on Amazon, And you're like looking for something that you want to buy. And there is like, you, you've kind of like circled around the cheapest option for this particular thing. But Mm -hmm. then you start to find like a bunch of different storefronts that are basically selling the exact same product and even using the exact same stock photos, but they are supposedly different companies kind of trying to outdo each other. Is that a gray market? Yeah. hundred percent. That's gray market. What about illegal stuff on Amazon? <laughs> illegal stuff. <laughs> oh my god! Is that Lindsay's mind just explodes? It's, guys, it's right there in front of us. Right there in front of us. Gray markets are everywhere, and I'm well, whistleblowing I, on Amazon right now. I I don't think you should. <laughs> no, Bezos will come. I don't get think you. that's. There might be a lot of things that are. It, it, it might fall into like a, a legal gray area. The joke gets worse every time I say it, but <laughs> it might fall into a little bit of a legal gray area there where they can resell it. They may use the same stock photos, but you know what you receive might not be exactly what they're showing on the stock yes. photos. So um, that's that kind of the, the gray market aspect of it. And as I said, the, uh, the gray market tends to sell goods that are, that are um, new goods versus used goods, and, and the used goods tend to fall into what's called the green market. So uh, the... The two main types of, of gray market are those imported uh, are those of imported manufactured goods that would normally be unavailable or more expensive in certain countries, and then there's um, unissued securities uh, that are not traded in official markets. So you know that could be you know stocks or whatever whatever you want. Um, I don't know if it's stocks. I don't know where I got stocks from. That's probably not right. <laughs> it's, Maybe it's, just stock. Like yeah, I think yeah, I think stock, not stocks. Sometimes these are also just called dark markets. There's so many different like colored terms here. Basically, oh yeah, so this is, so the securities, um, that could be things like crude oil. And so there's a a gray market for crude oil, especially back, I think it was 2008, um, that the Wiki article highlighted specifically that there was a crude oil shortage. And so gray markets kind of took it, took where crude oil was available and sold it uh, to, you know, countries that needed it. Um, at mm. sort of like below market price. And, and it was, it was a good, not a good thing, but you know, it's, it was uh, a way to, it was like a little bit of a stop gap to, to fill in the crude oil that just wasn't available. So mm-hmm. that kind of thing is also a gray market. Um, but you know, we tend to think of gray markets as, um, you know, electronics or whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know, this is, it's, it's con- what I, the crude oil is considered a gray market because it wasn't intended expi- explicitly by the oil producers. It was, you know, outside of what they intended. That, that's kind of the, the whole point of this is just like, it's outside of what the manufacturers intend. So it's, it's kind of on, it's kind of dubious on the illegal scale, but also it's just like a, a way to, to get a product to someplace that doesn't have it freely available. Of course, the import of illegally restricted or prohibited items, such as prescription drugs or firearms, that's, you know, that's black market stuff. That's, you know, that's a little bit above what, what fits into a gray market. Um, 
In addition, things like smuggling of highly regulated goods, especially alcoholic beverages, uh, known as bootlegging, that's also um, black market. So gray market kind of falls a little bit, you know, you know how like the, the legal scales, like, you know, severity of the legal scale. So this kind of gray markets kind of fall a little bit below uh, black market goods. So that's, um, that's just a, a, a point that, that I wanted to make was that it's, it's a little bit less extreme than, than black market. You're not, you're not getting guns off of the gray market. Right. Makes sense. Does it really depend on the content itself? Like if it's life-threatening, then it's automatically black market. Like that, that seems like a difficult distinction to make in some cases. I would say it really depends on how regulated the material is. So, Ooh, that's a great answer. The more, the more regulation there is, the more extreme you have to be to, to import that good. So like, right. Like organs, Sarah's yeah. favorite example. Yeah. <laughs> organs yes. are heavily, heavily regulated. <laughs> organs are a good one. Black market organs. I'm glad they are. I'm glad they are. <laughs> it's Me good. Too. It's good. We are pro organ regulation in this podcast. <laughs> and we should say it. Regulate. Okay. So gray markets also sometimes develop for video game consoles um, or video games themselves when the demand for their product exceeds the supply that is currently available. Um, <gasps> this is especially present during holiday seasons. I, I have a vivid memory of getting The Sims 3 when it came out on CD-ROM. And we bought yes. it from EB Games. I don't know if you have EB Games in yes, we do. the States. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought it from EB Games, and we are pretty sure that it was counterfeit. <laughs> because yeah. it was so dodgy. It looked like someone had printed it on their home computer. Um, but it came all new and packaged because we had pre-ordered it. And I reckon they probably got sold gray market or dodgy, dodgy copies. You know what probably happened? The probably someone at EB Games took it, downloaded the game themselves, and then made a copy of it, put it back, like wrapped it up, and then sold it to you. That's probably I've heard a lot about that happening. No. Yeah, there's like I've heard from from a few people of like they pre-ordered a game and then they bought like they got it and when they opened it up. There was a save file on it already, and they're like, what the hell? Where's the save <gasps> file from? And it's people had literally taken it off the shelf, played it, played put it. it back, resealed it, and then sold that off as a brand new game. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's great. Wow. <laughs> I am learning so much this episode. <laughs> Wow, that's creepy. That's like somebody tasting your grapes in the grocery store Ew. before you buy them. Oh, that gives Ew. me that gives me bad vibes. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, ooh, don't lick my grapes. <laughs> don't, don't lick my grapes. Now I have like a vivid memory of my mom picking one grape out and tasting it and being like, no, I don't like that. And I'm just like, oh. But she didn't <laughs> put it back, did she? As long as she didn't put it back in the bag, we're good. What? Like, bit the grape and put it back in? No, she ate the grape and was just like, I don't like yeah, these. Yeah, civilized. Away. She's a civilized woman. <laughs> she's, not a, she's not a barbarian. She's not going to fucking put it back. 
I hide. I hide when Daniel does that. When we're in the supermarket, I'm like, that is stealing. Like, I, I, I get so uncomfortable. I have to go somewhere else. Like, I'm hiding by the bananas. Like, I will not be seen with a criminal. Criminal mastermind. I hate oh, He's God. like, how are you going to know they're good? I'm like, I use my friggin' eyeballs. Like, I can just look and tell. So, gray markets can also evolve for things like dolls, you know, magnets, and even contraceptives. Um, they can Whoa. all form on the gray market, yeah. which is a little, little dubious. I think that, you know, kind of a little more black market, but you know, anyway. Mm. Well, I feel like with what's happening with, um, the Supreme Court at the moment, I think, I think people will totally snatch up plan B's and things like that and be able to yeah. sell yeah. them around where they're needed, which I'm totally for. I know it's illegal, but like, this is, this is stupid. That people yep. even have to think Agreed. about doing this. Well, we have a we've got a gray market for it, so you know that's that's where it is. It's the gray market oh, again. Yeah, I approve. I approve of that gray market. Then there's then there's the great the great. I love this the the great practice of scalping, which I you know fucking hate. Fuck scalpers. Uh huh. Say it. Say they, it. They buy a shit ton of stuff. And then sell it for a huge fucking markup, and it's the worst thing in the world. Especially recently, a, a, a thing that has affected me. Graphics cards have been almost impossible to get recently. Oh, yes, because of the production limitations on them yeah. at the moment. Pro- production limitations, crypto miners buying them up, and then scalpers buying them up. So crypto miners, hey, we're back at our topic. Hey. Yay. <laughs> hey, so cool. Were you able to get one? Did you have to... Yeah, I was I was able to get it. I I didn't scalp it, so I was able to wait and 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 buy one through through official means. Um, but fuck scalpers, fuck them. They they make everything more scarce and they increase the price. So fuck them. Anyway, <laughs> that's the end of that segment called fuck scalpers. Fuck scalpers. <laughs> so let's get into some products that have their own very specific gray markets. Um, you want to do it? Let's go. Um, so the first is arcade games, actually, <laughs> which is a, a rather small market. I feel like we've touched on arcade games a lot. I think we're we have yeah. we like them though. We enjoy them. Yeah, we're yeah we're just nerds. I think. Yeah, if we're nerd. Oh, oh shit! I'm a nerd. We're all in the sciences. Like, come on, we're nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, you have a PhD. You're a fucking nerd. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, God. No. this is gonna be a bitch to edit this is gonna be such a bitch to edit i'm so sorry that's fine that's fine no make it make it a real long one for the boys and the girls and ladies (laughs) and ladies uh so basically when you power on specific arcade cabinets um, it tells you what re- what region it was specifically designed to be sold in. It will like pop up with a little thing that says like designed to be sold in this region. Um, and basically, this uh, this was used to to prevent bootleg arcade games from being you know sold. Um, but kind of the the gray market doesn't really you know distinguish between bootleg and and regular material. So um, both are kind of sold on the gray markets, and these you know these resellers kind of ignore the whole this should be sold in this region. So sometimes you might see an arcade, mm. you know, cabinet that you plug it in and it's just like, oh, it should be sold in this region, but it sure as hell isn't in that region. So um, there's definitely a, a, a gray market for those. 
And then it comes to automobiles. Uh, and there's a huge, huge gray market for automobiles. Um, because, really? yeah, huge. Um, manufacturers of automobiles tend to create territory prices for specific regions of the world. And so yeah. if you don't want to pay a like full price for a car, you can buy a car in a, in a territory that's, that's much lower in price or, you know, it costs less because of, you know, uh, the, the conversion to whatever currency is used. Um, and so you're able to then ship it to your, not ship it to yourself, but these resellers will ship it to you. And then you have bought a car off of the gray market and Ooh. the, um, the manufacturers, they eh, not, not such a big fan of that because, you know, they have a very set price for those regions and, and you're kind of under, undercutting that price. Yeah, that's kind of nice for us. Oh, how much do you end up saving after shipping, though? Because I feel like shipping would be very expensive. I didn't look up any exact, like, how to buy a car on, on gray market. Um, it must be a, at least a few grand for people to do it. It would probably, considering the economics of it, I would say it probably costs a lot less than what the car would, like, cost to buy it yourself. You know, or else yeah. it wouldn't be worth it. You know, that would kind of defeat the point of having a gray market if it costs the exact same to buy it, you know? Yeah. I don't know about you guys in the U.S., but here in Australia, we've got a car shortage. Mm -hmm. um, same here. And so, yeah. So our car, we bought it secondhand um, like a, a year or so ago now. And I think we paid, I forget exactly, but it was about seven grand or something like that. We paid secondhand. And we just redid our insurance, and now on the market because there's such a car shortage, it's worth thirteen. Yeah. And we're Holy like, shit! And what? that's how did we make money? Yeah. That's a used car, and apparently new cars. So people who buy new cars who have to wait months for them to ship in, you can then sell them pretty much straight out of the dealership once you've signed your contract and make a couple thousand dollars profit because it's there ready That's to go. That's insane. Because um, you have to wait. Isn't That's it That's gray market. That's gray market for you. Wow. Gray market. Here we are. And another thing that gray markets do is they can actually uh, provide consumers with models that have never been officially released in their region, which is a, a huge draw of gray markets where some, you know, some of these higher end cars will not be sold mm. in specific regions or, or like their specific mo uh, make or model won't, won't be sold in a, in a region. And so you're able to go through the gray market and buy something that was never released. And then you're the, you're the cool flashy man with or woman with a, a dang cool ass car that's never been sold here. So, uh, you know, it's real cool. With a funny license plate. With a funny license. Well, you, you probably have to get the right license plate because <laughs> you just get pulled over all the time. <laughs> and uh, another very big market is actual broadcasting. Um, where the gray market exists to help deliver satellite radio and satellite television to areas that they're not... Um, that they're not meant to be sold in. Oh. So this form of gray market is actually reselling of equipment and services um, of a provider that is not licensed to operate in a specific market. So for example, if a Canadian wanted to watch American TV, oh. they would go to a reseller and then purchase, you know, direct TV and purchase the service and the equipment and then be able to watch their, um, watch direct TV shows, you know, on their Canadian T television. I don't know if like Canadian television, but you know, they'd be able to watch it in Canada, basically. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Another example from Europe is the Sky Network. I don't know how familiar we are with the Sky Network, but it's it's huge. It's huge in England, especially. Um, 
And so the Sky Digital Services in the, in the UK and Ireland um, can be purchased in, through the gray market in Europe. And then um, let's just say someone in Spain wants to be able to view the Sky programs, they'd be able to have the equipment and, and the services from the UK and be able to watch it there in Spain. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a very big, um, very big market for that kind of thing because, you know, people want to watch certain, certain shows or people want to watch sporting events, things like that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very big thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. And there, there's a lot, there's a lot of judicial rulings on the legality of this because, you know, these, these people have a lot of, not these people, I should say, these companies have very big pockets. So they, they're able to, you know, really go after these kind of resellers. So there's a lot of legal hearings about this. Um, but you know, the gray market is still very much alive and well, um, with these kind of products because, you know, for every reseller they get, there's new 10 they don't get. So it's a, it's a risk, but you know, at the end of the day, there's a market for it. And if there's a market for it, you know, someone's going to fill it. Capitalism. Capitalism. So, <laughs> um, so next is cell phones, computer games, and electronics. And all of these have their individual gray markets. And it is, it is estimated around 30% of all cell phones will pass into the gray market in their lifetime. Oh, um, wow. And this will only continue to grow as cell phones, you know, increase in their demand. It's so, a huge amount. Uh, so basically what happens in these, in these smaller markets that aren't officially covered by the, you know, the major manufacturers of cell phones, um, these cell phones are, are sold um, through the gray market because, you know, these smaller markets, they exist and the, like the people in them exist. So they're going to have like a need for a cell phone at this point because, you know, that's kind of life is, is kind of not revolves around a cell phone, but, you know, you need one at this point. Mm -hmm. So these smaller markets aren't covered by the regular manufacturers. So the gray market takes over and just is able to supply them with it. So I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a really cool thing that, you know, these smaller markets are able to get covered by the gray market. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the same thing goes for computer games and electronics, where um, computer games tend to be region locked, uh, which means that they often require uh, some sort of modification before they can be sold on the gray market. And so now you have these, these um, I'll call them modders, um, modders who will, will take the software, remove the region lock from it, and then be able to sell it on the, on the gray market, which kind of sounds like what Sarah got at the end <laughs> with her Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like she got yeah, definitely a bit dodgy. But it worked in the end, so I'm happy. Yeah, you know, the, you can remove the region lock and, and there's, um, you know, that's, that's the way to do it. And these modders and resellers will go out of their way to make, you know, these products available, uh, regardless of the amount of protection that's placed on them. And once again, there's a market for it and people will fill that market. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you can get these commodities at low enough price and there's demand for them, the, the gray market will exist. One, another really interesting gray market that, that has popped up is for infant formula. Oh, we, I believe this that. is a huge problem. Well, not a problem, but a huge thing in Australia where supermarkets have limits on how many you can buy. Yeah. Um, and especially because in certain uh, Asian countries, you can't get formulas or you can't get certain types of formula. Um, so they ship it back to be able to sell it so people can get it. Um, but yeah, people are not happy about it. That's so sad. Yeah, that's literally, that's literally exactly what, what I have written here is that, um, in China, there was a, a loss in confidence mm -hmm. in the locally produced infant formula, the demand for baby formula imported from Europe, Japan, and the Americas and Australia, of course, has, has, uh, increased, you know, 
astronomically and, and it's it's oh, it caused shit. shortages in these countries because you know it's there are, people are importing tons and tons of baby formula right. and you know just pulling it out of the market mm. yeah it's sad because i don't know about um like in the americas but it's created you definitely see some disgusting like racism around um often on the news they'll have stories of how how people are being like verbally assaulted for buying formula and it it's literally people who look asian um and they're buying it for themselves yeah. but they're being accosted by people yeah. and it's just disgusting wow it's really no it's idea. really sad yeah uh, you know these gray marks they do have consequences as much as i've been like touting how awesome they are they do have consequences at the end of the day and that's that's something that you have to consider when buying gray market goods mm. is you know there's a consequence um and then uh, another big product that often gets sold on the gray market are pharmaceuticals and these are these are specifically brand name drugs not you know not the kind of thing that you'd get on the black market but these are more like you know your tylenols and all that mm. so they're not they're like over the counter drugs that that you wouldn't need a special um you know what is that a prescription for yeah. um so the the gray markets um, tend to form because these pharmaceuticals are heavily regulated by the government. And so as they're regulated, the, the transport and sales of these pharmaceuticals increases in price in certain regions. And so gray markets develop where they, you know, they take it very cheaply in from one region and sell it for a profit in the other regions. So that's kind of the whole, uh, once again, the whole point of a gray market is, is the taking it cheaply and then selling it for a profit. So that's, that's just another, um, another example. And then the last few examples of products I have are, um, watches, specifically switch wa Swiss watches, mm. um, textbooks and sneakers. Textbooks. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a huge market for textbooks. It's, yeah. Like you can get the PDF, like what an expensive, cumbersome, heavy, like watches and then textbooks. Like what? Textbooks and sneakers. Sneakers are very important. You got to think about those because there's, okay. you know, there's a lot of people who people like sneakers. Like I sneakers. glossed over the sneakers because I was just horrified at the textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> and all of these are actually pretty profitable. Um, so the gray market for textbooks involved purchasing textbooks from places such as developing countries or even the UK. And these textbooks are way, way, way cheaper in in the uh, like in these developing countries. Like, um, I know a few of my friends bought textbooks from India that were, you know, English textbooks, but, um, were like maybe one eighth the price. Wow. And, um, you know, that's, they just bought them and then that was how they got their textbooks. And that was, you know, a, a bit of a gray market. But that's not illegal. So, no, it's not illegal, but it's, it's a gray market. Oh, because it wasn't intent. Okay. Because the pricing there does not reflect like if you were to go back and live what in it New was, York City. Yeah. Okay. Cause you bought something yeah. that did not reflect the pricing that was intended for New York City. Exactly. That's, that's a gray market. Oh, okay. Okay. And then when it comes to watches, um, there's a, a huge market for resellers and these resellers can make, you know, great profits off of them by selling these genuine Swiss watches on the gray market. It's not like the fake Rolex that you see on the street. <laughs> this is like an actual legit Rolex, but you know, it's cut the price because you know, they were able to find it cheaper in one area and then they were able to, you know, bring it to a different area where it was much more expensive. So, you know, it's just a, a way to get around regulation. Basically that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of what a gray market is. It's just a way to get around regulation. Mm -hmm. okay. Makes and then sense. when it comes to sneakers, 
sneakers are a huge recently. Like sneakers have, have like shot up in not in price, I guess in price, but like have shot up in popularity quite a bit. And this one company, StockX, um, is the main source of gray market sneakers and is valued around $4 billion. Like the companies are valued around Holy that. Crap. And it's just purely selling gray market sneakers. Holy crap. Yeah. And so they can make a, an absolute ton, ton of money just from, from reselling these sneakers. Do people realize you wear sneakers on your feet? Like, I don't get this. They talk to a sneakerhead. I don't know. I, I Sneakers have no appeal to me, but to some people they do. Like literally the thing that you walk with, like why? I don't understand. I don't understand why you would spend so much money. There's, there's the rare ones that people want. It's like a status thing. I don't get it, but I've heard of sneakerheads. Like uh, Sarah talked about it um, in the, the the Doomsday Cult episode where she talked about how those, the one sneakers, the I forget the sneaker name, but the one sneakers from- Air Force Ones. Yeah, yeah, the, the one sneakers that, that the cult wore to their death um, became very, very rare because the company stopped producing them. So, you know, people make a lot of freaking money off of that kind of stuff. That is crazy to me. That is so crazy. Like yeah. the thing that I use to step in mud and puddles, like you're just asking for stress. If you're like, I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars on this thing that touches like the dirtiest part of where I go. But they wouldn't wear them in the mud. Yeah, I don't think you wear them. I no, wear I think these shoes barely touch then the ground. What's the point? You could get like a coat of arms for your house <laughs> that you're also not supposed to wear and just look at. And it's a status symbol, I, I think. I don't have I don't have a coat of arms. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. I love this. I also don't have <laughs> sneakers. All of my sneakers are broken. <laughs> I can't broken. I can't speak on this. Oh my god. Manufacturers and, and authorized agents really, really, really don't like gray markets because it's just it's it's basically taking profit out of their pocket. Mm. Um, and so there's been a lot of legal battles against gray markets. Um, but if basically if you can purchase a, a product legally and sell it somewhere else, like a gray market's going to exist. So, um, as I said, this I to me it feels like this is a little bit of the embodiment of capitalism, where you're able to say like you know I'm able to get it here cheaply, so I'll sell it over here. So you know, right, I know like manufacturers that's the point. are not. Yeah, that's kind of the point. Right. Um, so I know manufacturers aren't super happy about it, but you know these markets exist, and I think they're going to continue to exist because they you know there's a need for them. So yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit about gray markets. Oh my god, I learned so much about the way society functions. This was extremely yeah, educational. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is great, Drew. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> gray markets, they're out there. <laughs> it's super interesting. Thank you, Drew. No problem at all. Okay, are you guys ready to learn about King <laughs> King Henry the Second or Henry the Second of France? He's not quite king yet in my story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh. <laughs> okay, so our dude was born in March 1519, so back in a year old time away, and he was the second son to King Francis, Ugh. King Francis of France, wow, Ooh. why would you name your song Francis if you know he's going to be King of France, it's just a tongue tie. <laughs> <laughs> So his parents were actually second cousins because uh, this was back in the time where you wanted to keep that good royal blood in your family. Right. So 
Great. I don't think it's important to the story, but I thought it was a fun fact. <laughs> uh, I'm holding it in. Don't worry. Drew! <laughs> <laughs> do it, Drew. Do it. That goes against genetic diversity. <laughs> <laughs> How did that not even occur to me this time? I was like, yeah, incest. God damn it. Damn it. All right, reset the counter. It has been zero days since Drew talked about incest. It's the opposite of incest. Oh, my God. Sorry, Sarah. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I'm always here for genetic diversity. Um, so, as you might uh, assume, it, like, he's the son of a king. He's probably got the chillest childhood you can imagine, which is what I was thinking. I was going to be like, oh, this spoiled brat. He probably got to do whatever he wanted mm. whenever he wanted. Um, not the case at all. He had probably the least chill childhood you can Ooh. think of. Uh, because in the 16th century, uh, it was superly, like, majorly unhinged with battles and invasions all across Europe. And uh, one of the biggest battles was the Battle of... Um, Pavira and the kingdom of France led by Henry's father was in this battle against four different kingdoms so it was huge there was four different kind of superpowers fighting each other and so long story super short it was a total shitstorm and his father basically got captured by the forces of the holy roman emperor Charles V and he was held prisoner mm. in Spain so you're probably thinking this is stressful for a young man to know that your father's been captured and he's being held prisoner. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean yes. Or was he well, just like, fuck yeah. that guy? <laughs> oh, probably later he was because don't worry, his father. So first of all, he wrote a letter to his mother being like, um, you know, I'm okay of all things. Nothing remains but my honor in my life, you know, which uh, that's good. Okay. I'm alive. So nice. However... <laughs> Uh, he made a deal with his captives uh, to secure his own freedom. And the deal was that he swaps his freedom for the captivity of his two sons, Francis and our boy oh. Henry. <laughs> so, so the king had been captive for a couple of months, you know, a couple of bad months. Henry and Francis were held captive for how long? How long do you think? God, I, it's got three days. It's got to be years. It's years. Yeah, it's years. It's Damn four it. fucking years. <laughs> oh my god! That, oh my god! He got two of them though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So his father, he claims that you know he made this deal under duress, and it's like, but don't you just say no? Don't you say no to the deal? Don't you just Don't say, you just I'm going to remain honor? captive? Oh, my God. Yeah, so his poor son's held captive for four years. Not many details around that. Just he was captive for four years and then he got released. So that, that was his childhood. All right, yeah, we're just going to glance over that. No trauma. <laughs> exactly. Just pretend the trauma didn't happen there. But, but it's okay because Henry's life got, you know, kind of back to normal. At the age of 14, he married Catherine de Medici, um, which this is where I thought Lindsay would, would get excited because of the Medici family in, yeah. in French history. Fuck yeah. And Italian history. I mean, they, they like funded the Renaissance. Yeah, 
Exactly. It's a huge, huge important family. And um, Catherine de Medici was kind of like the French, um, like branch of this family from hundreds of years ago. They'd, they'd kind of branched off. And so she was a member of the ruling family of Florence. So another lady from high society. Um, so a perfect suitor for, for Henry. I mean, that's kind of amazing. Sorry, like I feel like we talked about this on a, in another episode that it was like I always knew that the Medici's were important, but never knew that they were like high enough society to marry royalty. Yeah. 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 And she becomes queen as well mm. later in our story. Oh fuck! We. Why do I feel like I knew this, but I'm still surprised again? <laughs> like I feel like th- I feel like I was surprised about this in another episode. But okay, sorry. Continue. Oh, no, I I was surprised, too. I'm like, I remember them being noble people, but yeah. Um, So they got married at 14, which is pretty young. But, you know, back in the day, probably not too bad. Um, And he's already been to prison. He's already been to prison. He's been held against his will. And now he's married at 14. This poor kid is probably just going through puberty as well. So what a shit time. He's like, my voice is changing. My best friends are rats. (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm married to a oh wait, but I'm rich. But he's rich, yeah. so he, he's fine. Yeah, he is rich. He is rich. And don't you worry about him. Don't you worry, little co- cotton socks off. Um, so he was married a whole year to lovely Charlotte uh, before he began having an affair at fifteen. <gasps> well, bitch. Yeah. So this fifteen-year-old, not just he wasn't banging another fifteen-year-old or anything like that. He had a secret affair with the 35-year-old widow, Diane de Pointers. What? Yes. <laughs> so a woman old enough to be his mother was his... I feel like at that age, like, grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Definitely old. Not. Double his age. The worst part is, well, Diane had known him since he was a very young boy. Ew. I know, I know. And so the history books say that the love affair was so intense that um, Henry actually started wearing Diane's colours to all formal events. So this was a big thing back in the day that you wore your house colours um, or your lover's, your partner's colours. So for Henry, he should be wearing either his family colours or Catherine's family colours in his wardrobe. That's kind of the the vibe that you you do so it was very controversial for him to start wearing diane's family colors which were very different to both his and Catherine's, because he's basically saying you know i am having an affair it's very open <laughs> i'm cheating look at me yeah like really <laughs> exactly like, wow so it has also been said in the history books that diane was extremely confident mature and intelligent and she left Catherine powerless to intervene in uh to intervene in the affair Uh, But don't worry, Diane wasn't a total monster. She did, however, insist that Henry keep sleeping with Catherine in order to produce heirs to the throne. So that's that's kind of her. I mean, yeah. But I also want to take a moment and be like, no wonder why the world is so fucked. Because I'm remembering, remember the episode where I talked about the Cloaca Maxima? Yeah. Yes. I love that. <laughs> but remember that, like, one of the rulers who ended up in the Cloaca Maxima was this, like, 18-year-old, like, fuckboy who just, like, everybody hated because yes. he was an asshole. Like, how much of our history is built on, like, just, like, teenagers just being shitheads? Like, you know? <laughs> <sighs> totally. Because... 
especially when your life expectancy was so low, emperors and rulers were often young boys after their fathers died, making super rash decisions that I'm sure were powered by hormones and right and just ridic- ridiculous stuff. Just impulse. Like, this is crazy. Oh, my God. It's like you think <laughs> that the world is a certain way before you grow up, and then you look around and you're like, oh, my God, it's always been us. Like, it, it, it oh, is just us. We did, it. <laughs> we did this. It is humans. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you might be thinking, uh, why did they need an heir? Because he was the he was the second brother. He wasn't the oldest. He was the youngest of the two brothers. So... You know, why was it so important they even needed an heir? And it turns out that his older brother uh, actually died at the age of 18 after a game of tennis. What? Yeah. Hmm. Are you serious? Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, well, I want to know what the fuck happened there. How do you die after a game of tennis? Like, was it a health condition? What happened? I just, I knew it was going to be juicy and I was so right. Oh, dash. (laughs) so there is a theory and a huge suspicion that he was actually murdered (gasps) on the tennis court on the tennis court just outside the tennis court so after a game of tennis he asked for a cup of water as you do you know a little bit parched Mm. and the water was brought to him by his secretary however after drinking it he immediately collapsed and died several days later i wish that we knew a forensics uh, forensic scientists to talk about this. What do you think happened to <laughs> I'm not a forensic chemist, but it sounds like poison to me. Totally. I reckon, I reckon it was poison. Um, and Henry's wife, Catherine, actually ordered that his secretary be bought before the court of the land. Um, and after searching the secretary's living quarters, they discovered a book on different types of poisons and how to make them. Oh my. So it was her, like, because at first I was like, oh, somebody probably bribed her. Um, So I think she just had an inkling that it was poison. I think she kind of, she was a good leader or a good. No, no, no. I like, it's surprising that the secretary just did this of her own volition. I think it was a, a male secretary because women had no rights back then. Um, yeah. Or was it the, the king's lover who, you know, it's just like, oh, you need heirs because something's going to happen to your brother. <gasps> so, that's what I think. Something oh, might happen to be. your brother. It could be. And it's also sus that Catherine was like, we need to search his house. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she had an inkling. But under torture, apparently the secretary did confess to poisoning the young prince. So case closed. Yep, good old torture. That's, that's how you get honest answers. Good old torture. <laughs> I know. So who knows? Who knows if it was torture or maybe it was a, a health condition. Like he could have had an underlying heart condition or something like that. Um, but, you know, I love a good juicy murder story from history. That's great. Yeah. So obviously after his, after his brother's death, um, his father, the, the king of France, is quite concerned about um, Henry's very badly hidden affair with Diane. So they were <laughs> like, dude, you, you're really, you're not hiding it very well at all. Everybody knows that you're banging her. You're wearing her house colours. You've got to get your shit together mm-hmm. because you're going to be king one day. 
And so to try to talk sense into him, <laughs> the king sent his very own mistress to talk to him. Oh, okay. I totally thought you were going to be like, he sends him to war. Because I feel like that's just what they always did back then. Like, you need some sense. I'm going to send you to war. Send to no. war. <laughs> no. Just his mistress. It's so hypocritical. Um, but the king actually ended up banning Diane from attending the court. So for basically being seen in certain areas of the public to try to handle this this publicity nightmare because he knew that one day this, this kid was going to become king. Yeah, but it sounds like there's already illegitimate heirs crawling about. Oh, I think I think for sure. <laughs> for sure. And he, he did eventually become king at the age of 28 when his father died. Um, so this was quite dramatic. On his birthday, his father died. So what a way to welcome your 28th birthday. Oh, it's like, do Shit. we still do cake? Yeah. <laughs> cake, then crown. What's, what's the order of the night? <laughs> Can you imagine being on the council? Like, like, I don't know. Like, I assume like this guy had people, like this kid had people taking care of him as he grew up. And it's just like, yeah. imagine like being responsible for that. It's like, do we cancel everything today and mourn? Or do we press forward with celebrating the new king really hard? Like, that's a gamble. That's a hard social situation <laughs> to read. I reckon they would have partied just from the vibe of the time. I would have just kept my mouth shut and waited for somebody else to make the first move. There's yeah. no way I would have been the first one to be, like, starting the slow clap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> party! It's the yeah. new king! <laughs> hey! Oh! Yeah, so he's king now, so that's nice. Um, in his reign, he did a couple of things. He entered the Eighth Italia War, uh, which he actually declared, so he didn't just enter it, he bloody declared it so that's started that's it, yeah. something um he also invented the idea of uh, our modern day patent for inventions and All right. yeah his idea was that the inventor of an object needed to make this discovery of an invention and they had to prove ownership in order to make money off whatever they had invented or sold so, so super similar thing to a patent yeah <laughs> I know, I thought that was a little bit random. I'm like, okay. All right, then. So, you know, he reigns for a little bit. He's still banging Diane. He's wow. having airs with, with Catherine. Um, but he does die an unfortunate death. And that is going to be the no end one. of our story. Yes. So, it wasn't a typical death. In fact, it actually played a significant role in the decline of jousting as a sport. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay, but hold on. But we what? still play tennis. We still play tennis. <laughs> yeah. Okay, little bit of a double standard. <laughs> I know, okay. I know. So jousting, I'm sure everybody should be aware of jousting, but you're on a horse, you have a big giant wooden stick and you're just trying to hit people with it. Like, it can be very violent. <laughs> That's the, I think it's the point to be violent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's more violent than tennis. Careful what you say. <laughs> Careful what you wish. We'll come back to this one day. You'll be like, I was so wrong. 
So the day he died, he was having a good old joust with his longtime enemies uh, to celebrate the marriage of his daughter, as you do. Did I hear that correctly? All right. <laughs> yeah, so it was just... His longtime enemies? Yeah, longtime enemies. I don't know who they were, but his longtime enemies, and he was celebrating the marriage of his daughter. So I'm guessing his daughter was getting married or, or was already married, and he invites his enemies over for a joust just for some shits and giggles. Wow. Ballsy. You know, lots of people come out to watch it. He is again just wearing the colours of his mistress, Diane. Screw Catherine. He's in Diane's colours. During the joust, he got wounded by a fragment of splintered lance, so a fragment of wood, straight into his eye. Oof. Oof. I know. Oof. I know. Um, So he didn't die immediately. So even after surgery... Um, from the royal doctor, he did suffer some brain damage because it penetrated so far back into his eye, and he actually ended up dying from sepsis. Whoa! Yeah. Ooh. Brain Ooh. injury. Not a good way yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. And as he was sick and dying, his wife Catherine actually forbade Miss uh, the Mistress Diane from seeing him. So she was like, "This is finally my revenge. You cannot see him." And apparently after Ooh. his death, uh, she actually banned him or exiled her, sorry, from the city. That's cold. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, I support it. Like, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't hate it, but like, that's some cold, cold. That's that's revenge served cold, I think. Yeah, totally. Definitely good old revenge. Definitely good old revenge. So that that's my story. That is the end of Henry II of France. Damn. Wow. You know, I, wow. I never paid attention, you know, with all of like the same names of all of the kings. Yeah. I never pay attention. They're all interchangeable in my mind. But this freaking, this colors it in. Like, <laughs> this is. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Now I know what King Henry II was like. I know. This gives me. Imagine I said that yeah. and it was the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> Now I know all about Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Charles the third. (laughs) That was excellent, Sarah. That was really, really. Yeah, absolutely great. Oh, thank you. Both of your topics are great. I loved the wild rides we went on. And I loved that Drew actually taught us something. I feel like I didn't teach you anything but gossip, but Drew educated us. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely learned something from both of you for sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. As always, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for learning something new. There's no way that you could have known absolutely all of this before listening to this episode. So thank you for taking this wild ride with us. As always, you can find us at Go Ask Alice Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Go Ask Alice Podcast on Instagram, I think. I hope I said that right. Yes. <laughs> um, Sarah Web Science on TikTok because Sarah said I do to merging our TikTok accounts. <laughs> and if you want to hang out on Discord, it has been phenomenal and awful all at once. Um, there <laughs> is a surprising number of people. Drew keeps posting all of the most cursed videos I've ever seen. Um, you can have access to all of the visual aids from our podcast all in one convenient location. And um, we just want to hang out. Just want to talk. It's a little bit easier than the prying eyes of Twitter. Yeah. And little sprinkles of spoilers in there too. You can get spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
So uh, as always, we will see you again next week. And uh, till then, we love Robin. We do love Robin. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>